Hello listener, Matt here. Support Ben, read his ramblings, or find further notes on this show at securitized.com, spelled S-E-C-U-R-I-T-Y-Z-E-D.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Snotty. I'm Raphael Fiedler. And gentlemen, you know, this week, I kind of wanted to talk about um, this little thing that happened recently. We'll do a kind of catch up on some news events. Um, there's this uh, VC investment uh, firm called Runa. Uh, they used to be positioned in Silicon Valley. They, uh, I think the past couple of years, they moved over to Luxembourg. That's kind of near you in Australia, Rafti. And, um, <laughs> and uh, they're, they're pretty big players in the tech field. And they're kind of known for being able to pick some winners. And they have uh, historically published... Um, unofficial lists of what they consider the winners in uh, different tech sectors of new up-and-coming entities. And, and and it doesn't seem like they're just doing this as propaganda where they're listing their, their companies that they invested in to try to make it look good. Um, and recently, uh, just as of, I think, today or yesterday, they published a particular sector list called... Uh, it, I'm not sure exactly what it's called, but it's it's the list of open source entities, open uh, open source platforms, fairly new in the tech arena, and they listed them in what they consider to be uh, most influential, most um, uh, desirable, and uh, having most effect on the internet and uh, technology as a whole. Now. Let's ignore the fact that of the top 10 companies on the list, only three of them are American. Let's let's set that aside <laughs> for just a second. I want to draw your attention, gentlemen, to number four on the list. Rafti, what's what's number four on the list? <laughs> it's safing. Wait, wait. Safing? Safing? Is that even a company? <laughs> is that is that is that your little startup that you did out there in Austria? Is, is... Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and we only found out about this today as well. So, so it has I been gotta, very I, cool. I gotta ask, is it because your neighbors with Luxembourg? Did you did you ride your <laughs> kangaroo over there. over there and bribe them with a, a melon basket or something like that? Uh, no, no, I don't know. Um, we have been featured on some of their lists throughout the the year, um, but this is the first, as far as I understand, year list that they did, I think, ever. And um, they never reached out. We have no clue. Like they tweeted it today, and <laughs> we we got the notification, and we're like, oh, we made the years list. And you were you five. were as in the dark as anybody else as a member of the Absolutely. public. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm reading about this on a little known website called TechCrunch. And yeah. um, they, they, even TechCrunch particularly highlights safing when they're, they're talking about um, some of the bigger players here. 
yeah. what are you going to do with your newfound fame and notoriety? Is this the last episode we ever get to have you on? <laughs> yes, I'm good. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I, I enjoy it too much here. Um, but yeah, no, um, TechCrunch, I only find out through through um, Feedly, of course, as well, because TechCrunch did not read, uh, reach out as well, which is so interesting. So if you ever like are in, in a position like that, people don't message you in advance. <laughs> Be aware of that. Have your <laughs> have your data correct on your website. And I, I also found it funny. No, it's true. Did no, you find your typos says... and everything? Your sudden popularity uh, <laughs> has caused you to do editing? No, no, that's not, not yet, at least. But it's very funny. They say we're founded 2017 in Baden, which, of course, nobody knows because it's a little town around Vienna, which they should have put in there. <laughs> and maybe we should change it to Vienna. <laughs> so that people are actually aware of it. If you Google in the German area for Baden, you find Baden, Baden in Germany, not yeah. Baden near Vienna. <laughs> you don't find our town, which maybe is good for a privacy company, you know? There you go. Yeah. You're undetectable. You fly beneath the radar. Exactly. No, and it's it's very cool. It has been a big year for us, and I think it's very cool that the, that they reflect that as well. And, of course, uh, accelerating um, in that regard as well. Um, we have launched um, Portmaster V1. We have launched our like SPN stuff. So a lot of stuff happened. And it's very funny, like when people talk about us and talking about how we're fairly new, it has been five years so far, you know? <laughs> um, and and Newcomer like, to the scene, but you've been grinding away for years and years to get to this point. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. To develop all, everything and stuff. That's so true. And then uh, having 6,000 GitHub stars is like in a GitHub realm a lot, you know, and almost all of it in the last year. So, um yeah, it's, it's really, really amazing. And and I got to tell you, you know, I love that in the top 10 list, it, it, one of the criteria in the chart that that um, uh, Runa published is uh, how much how many millions of dollars have been raised by the companies in the chart. And the first three are 17, six and one. And then you go to safing. It's the only one that's blank in the top 10. You are a privately held entity. You, you've uh, endured only through grants and your own yeah. determination and grit and savings. And it's just, it's impressive as hell. And, and yeah. I hope you are as proud of your accomplishments as we are. Um, yeah. uh, that's, I can't believe I'm getting to sit next to you, even though it's via WebEx. This is uh... <laughs> nothing has made me feel more terrible about the decisions I've made in my own life than hearing Rofty send us the message this morning. And, oh, yeah, I'm on this giant list and we're super well known <laughs> now. And by the way, uh, you know, everything's going great. And I'm just sitting there going, what did I do with my life? Why am I? <laughs> I, felt... I was I just feel... telling. I was just telling Robin the other day, you know, selling my Bitcoin, I kind of kick myself. It's the fact that I sold my Netflix stock after it split the third time that I still <laughs> regret to this day. This is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a lot of luck, of course, as well. I, I can tell you, it is also great, as you as you said as well, uh, five years grinding, uh, like doing the work and and putting everything in and stuff like that. But it's also, of course, luck. Like you could, there are so many great projects out there that nobody found. Um, 
uh, and stuff Careful like that. Saying luck, they, you know, Matt and Joey denied that last week. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Joey's not with us. He wishes he could be here. Uh, he's out. He he's putting out fires from the stuff we were talking about two weeks ago, two episodes yeah. back. The uh, the Lexington attacks. I think it says a lot that Joey's out there doing this work, and I'm in here on the microphone. Yeah, tell me again about <laughs> luck. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's he's out there grinding for 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 his uh, for his paycheck. Meanwhile, I'm kicking back with with two goofballs. Well, I, I should say one goofball and one and goofball and one superstar. One, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to be able to say, you know, I used to do a podcast with Raphael. <laughs> I know. It's it, I mentioned podcasts on my on my personal website, you know. Oh, did you? Yeah, rafty.com. Yeah, oh. yeah, no, of course. Of course and of course the the network therapist and blue hosts. What's Joey's what, site? Don't do what's blue hosts. Hosts, of course as well. Blue Again, what does what does a privacy hosts. person put on their website? Is it just a blank page? No, of course not. No. Oh, and okay. and okay. the blog post, I think that the, it's not done yet, but I, I published it half finished anyway, because I'm like, you know, like it is a conundrum. Like as, as somebody who's running a privacy company, you sort of need to be out there because people need to know who you are to be able to trust you. And so we're doing a live show every two weeks on YouTube uh, where we just talk to people who are just writing stuff in. And um, yeah, we, we sort of need to be public in that regard. I've run across that. I was surprised one day because uh, I subscribed to the Safing subreddit. Yeah. And so it popped up on my uh, main feed whenever something comes up there. And one day I was scrolling through there. I popped open Reddit and I was like, oh, there's there's Rafti and uh, uh, Daniel, right? Because uh, yeah. Daniel was, was on the, the show with you. Your your YouTube show popped up on my my Reddit feed. And I was like, oh, wow, there, there he is. There's the, uh, the, the the smiling, shining face. But yeah, it's not very private when you're getting on YouTube and talking about stuff and putting a blog post. But yeah, that's the... Uh, that's the juxtaposition. That's yeah. the curse of business, right? Yeah. Um, but you wear it well. You are a good public face. I mean, not because your face is, is at all attractive, but um, <laughs> because, you're so, because you're so jolly and exuberant and friendly. You're just... You're not what Americans typically think of... Um, um, uh, driven, dedicated men from Austria. Uh, we have an <laughs> image of that. Oh, so, you're, you're, oh, you're thinking about, of course, of Arnold Schwarzenegger, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Terminator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last famous Austrian to, to. Which, which will play a role when we talk about Skynet in a future episode, because <laughs> you know you can't have Skynet without Ani. Yeah. Um, well, we need to capitalize great. on this, Ben, because we've we've got the exclusive. You realize? I mean, this this information has just come out about Rafti's company. We've got yeah. him here on the show. We need <laughs> yeah. to capitalize on this somehow. And this won't be released for a week and a half. So, <laughs> so we're really on the cutting edge of scooping everybody else. Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to share about your uh, sudden fame and fortune? Are you going to capitalize on this somehow? Is there going to be, I mean, I mean, here's the tough part about being privately funded. It's great that you have the notoriety, but the normal entities that would be driven toward you from a ranking such as this are investors and you don't want investors. So is this really beneficial to you or is this just something to brag about? <laughs> I think it can be, it can like, we don't strictly say no to investors. We just have not found anybody who we think would like fit us because of our like 
we need to be like aware of uh, what we do and how we do it and stuff like that. And we know that we're protecting like, like almost like a password manager, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We sit on all your like, or we protect all your traffic. You know, this is like prime information for all those data aggregators out there. And so we need to be very, very careful. And so far, we have not found anybody um, who who we it's trust. It's hard to find an investor who doesn't see a way to make money off of the product that you're doing. You know, they yeah. they don't they see loss of potential revenue as opposed yeah. to understanding that that's the selling point. Yeah. Um, now, if you do want investors, I think I have $23, which might be like 400,000 euros. So you let me know. You let me know if you want me in on your Kickstarter. No, but I just, oh, we had a Kickstarter back in the day. Um, no, but we we don't, We uh, but you're right. It's it's like um, mainly interesting to maybe get um, some attention. Of course, now feature, being featured on TechCrunch, nobody reached out, but uh, especially media, of course, is interesting to us. And talking to people. Prepared for that? That good question. Not sure. You know, I I think I talk to a journalist every week, so I think I'm sort of prepared. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea, man. I'm such a soft. <laughs> My only agenda is making fun of you. So I mean, you, you know, that that's low threshold for most journalists. All right. Well, no, excellent. That's that's basically that's fantastic. Yes. The next little, you know, there's no good segue for this, but the next little vignette that we're going to drop in here on our compendium of current events seems really bleak in comparison. Um, Want to practice launched? Yay. You know, that's now bleak. I have. A, that's not bleak. I mean, it, that's it's great. So, it's great, but it's so like minuscule compared to <laughs> number four on Runa's list. You know, come see me again in five years, you know, and. And maybe I'll have something to brag about, but but no, we did have a launch. We got a lot of engagement on social media. Yeah, Rafti, you. Yeah, and also for how many years did you put like all your knowledge that went into this? I know that the web, uh, like the app itself, maybe did not take as long, but like the preparation for everything to get this out. Yeah, it's it's, like... <laughs> it's been a labor of love. Um, but yeah. but what's really impressive is you're right. How quickly the app went from ideation to deployment just blows me away. We we first started talking with iCompass in August of last year, so just a few months ago, and they were able in a few months to turn out a, what I think is a clean, professional-looking, easy-to-use, intuitive platform. Um, yep. I, and I'm, I'm shocked and astounded. And, and um, we're getting great feedback already. Um, people already liked the content, but the content was harder to access before. Now they like the interface and the content. So great. I'm very happy. Now I have a question for you regarding DRM, because I know one of the reasons that your your questions before were released the way that they were, which was usually in like a video format or an audio yeah. format, was for yeah. DRM purposes. I, I assume that you've implemented some good good quality DRM, digital rights management with regards to this? You know, with the way it's being displayed right now, um, people could harvest it. You know, thieves could harvest it. They could do screen caps. They could, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, transcribe the actual questions. And I'm sure there will be some that do. But because of the way it's presented, because it's just, you know, one question per screen, 
their economy of effort is blown out of the water. It, it's not yeah. easy for them to just copy and paste the whole thing. You know, yeah. the, the big issue I had was the ebook through Kindle, which got pirated within hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why that's why I can't do ebooks anymore. There's just no yeah. secure platform for distribution. Uh, yeah. So yeah. this one reduces the ability of thieves to steal content. Um, uh, okay. part and yeah. parcel, you know, they can't just take the whole thing. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm very comfortable sharing the content in this manner and, and I'm thrilled. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also too. good for the, the user. It's not just you being aware of DRM and making it hard for people to copy, but also like, of course, having the one question, having the multiple choice and like thinking about the stuff and everything. Like it's, it's not, it's not um, like having a list, a wall of text and stuff like that. It's, it's. And there's um, some people who like that for study purposes. They like having the book and they like going okay. through multiple questions. They like that. some people. I don't. But the, no, the vast majority <laughs> love the interactivity. The vast yeah. majority like to practice it like it's a test. And yeah. um, and we've done that, and, and I think it it just looks great, and and it's uh, it's got all the functionality, and we're going to add some more functionality in the coming weeks, including a particular function that is going to be unique to Wanna Practice that no other practice app has, and if it works, I got my fingers crossed. If it happens, I think it'll make Wanna Practice um, incredibly popular. And, Great. Uh, you next week, if it's next week, this will be released in one and a half weeks. We already said that. So maybe you want to share it. It so. won't be next week. It's going to take several weeks. This is going to be okay. a tougher, this is going to be a tougher implementation. Um, okay. it's, it, yeah, it's going to require a lot of engineering, but okay. again, it, if it happens, it's going to be pretty awesome. So we'll see. <laughs> so where is it available? Where do people oh, get it? Uh, and savings available at Safing.io. Go get go check out the Portmaster. You've got a new version of Portmaster, don't you? 1.0.6, yes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we're we're edging up to the 1.1. I know. <laughs> That's highfalutin. All right. All right. Uh, cool. So this Very podcast cool. has turned into basically an info for, <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for Portmaster from Safing <laughs> and also brought to you by One or Practice by Ben Maliso. <laughs> so let's talk about some other non-members um, of this cast. Unless, do you have a new product going out, Matt? No, I just wrote a okay. report yesterday, though, and I'm so tired. I'm just ready to fall over right now. So if I'm not engaging today, <laughs> it's because... I've been doing hardcore forensics for a while. <laughs> oh, good. That'll make for a great show. And yeah, exactly, um, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's do some non-TSSOI uh, news. A uh, few things I wanted to catch up with. First, on our Musk scent, um, I just want to just want to share a quick tweet from Elon. He mentioned that it is possible to get the FTX funds back. He knows how. We okay. just have to ask Chuck Norris to do it. Oh, funny. Yeah. I like that. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, other news. Uh, have either, well, I'm sure Rafki hasn't, but Matt, are you familiar at all with Thomas Jefferson High School for um, Science and Technology? No. I know who Thomas Jefferson is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm familiar with it oddly because I used to live about six blocks away from it. 
Um, it's in uh, Fairfax, Virginia, one of the wealthiest uh, counties in the United States. While I lived there um, over a period of time, it flipped back and forth between San Francisco and Fairfax as the wealthiest counties in the U.S. It's and, a uh, suburb of Washington, D.C., right? That's correct. And there's a lot of politicians, obviously, ambassadors, um, power brokers, lobbyists, um, uh uh, foreign diplomats, a lot of them are in that locale. And Thomas Jefferson High School is what's known as a magnet school. And I don't know if you have this in Australia, Rafti. Um, He's going to okay. smack you one day whenever he, he sees you in person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know how your public school system works, but the United States has long wrestled with the idea of making uh, early education available to all children, but simultaneously also meeting the needs of those children at both the higher and lower um, uh, quartiles of performance capability, which is very hard to do. If you normalize and make just a homogenous classroom, you end up missing the needs of the people at the outer ends and you end up um, stagnating the entire delivery of education. So yeah. Charlie, um, my son, uh, Pneumatic, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, he was in a magnet program called uh, MSTC, Math Science Technology Center, uh, where he went to he went to a, a high school that that had a division that was just for these higher performing kids that were interested in, in the, the STEM uh, stuff. It, did he like it? I mean, the typically magnet schools, I don't know if they get better funding, but they get better direction and they get their mm -hmm. pick of both instructors and students and it creates a really good learning environment. Right, right, yeah. And and on top of that, it's it's prestigious because uh, I think they had like a 100% scholarship rate to, you know, higher education going on to college and stuff like that. Every kid, you know, and, and these are kids who get end up going Ivy League, you know, your Yells, your Harvards. Uh, going to these high end, you know, MITs and stuff like that. So, um, and of course, he ended up at U of L. But he did that by design. I mean, he the, yeah, he yeah, had yeah. his choice, uh, yeah. and and he did he appreciate? Did he did they offer him a good education? Was it a good yes. learning environment? Yeah, yeah. As, as his parent, yeah, I think that it was it was great, and it was far and above uh, what what his his young, younger sister's <laughs> experience was in high school that was not magnet oriented. But um, yeah, not to divert, and uh, we can. Get back on topic here. I just wanted to. No, no, it. no. I, I, I kind of want to couch this because the next thing, and and I'm, I'm very glad about what you said because the news I want to share is going to be kind of interesting based on how we're discussing this. Um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, so maybe to, to answer your earlier question quickly, then um, uh, Austria and I think most of Europe works very differently, and I think for the worst in that regard, um, we don't pick like we have our classes picked for us. We don't have a major. Uh, we can pick or anything. So you can pick your school uh, to a certain degree, but usually it's based on district and you can only move so far within that. And um, there, of course, usually are two and usually one of them is, is higher regarded than the other and usually harder. Um, but I think what, what makes it difficult for most learners here is if you fail in one class, you fail the whole year and you have to repeat the whole year. So Ooh. if you fail, yeah, yeah. Ooh. So That's... if you're done, it, yeah, and That's you have to pick everything. Like there is no, there's almost, there's only, I think, I think one to 2% of classes per week you can pick. 
And like for my high school, I had 50 hours um, of school each week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I left I left at six o'clock and I arrived back home at six o'clock during winter. I never saw the sun. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> I'm, yeah, never, yeah. I'm never moving to Austria and I'm not going back in time to be a child in Austria either. <laughs> I understand. School starts here at half past seven in the morning. Yeah, so you're no. getting there an hour and a half early. No, no, he had no, to leave there. To, he had to, had to walk all that way yeah. because they don't have cars. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and yeah. not Remember, cars are outlawed. <laughs> they they don't have internal combustion there anymore. <laughs> uh, if if the Greens have their way, uh, Vienna will be like that in a couple of years. I can one of the uh, five minute towns or ten minute towns, whatever they're. Yeah, yeah. I have no clue. No, it's. Okay. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, but did Charlie have to compete to get into the magnet school? Yes, it was competitive. And then once he was in the program, um, you, you had to almost kind of compete to stay in it because there were, uh, they had like a capstone project. They could have trit you? Yes. From high school? Well, yes, you would revert to being basically a normal high school student and, and out shit. of the program. And they actually had students that would leave. Um, and, and much like the Air Force Academy, you had to start your freshman year. Uh, you couldn't come in midstream or anything like that. So they would start and, and it was highly, uh, yeah, I said it was highly competitive, but it, um, I think it was 50 students per year would get into this one program. Wow. And then, cool. and, and they had their own little separate section of the high school that they, that they, all their classes were in. Wow. Rafti, did you have to compete to get into, if there were two, yep. you said there's two high schools, did you have to compete to get into the better one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Usually wow. you have to. Wow. Yeah, and some and also like the dropout rate for for my was I think above fifty percent or something. Like they you start with like seven hundred people and graduate. That's a lot of pressure to bring on a high yeah. schooler on a teenager. Yep. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, Matt. But you can do your master's degree in three years afterwards. Like you, you for the whole master's, you do bachelor's in one and master's in two afterwards. Holy crap! That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's really awesome. What a that's a that's a huge yeah. lead. That that gives yeah. you a head start. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, Matt. What's the National Merit Scholarship Program? Oh gosh, I haven't heard that in a long time. Isn't oh, that Charlie the, didn't get one? Uh, is that the thing where they scam you out of $60 or $75 to put your name and uh, picture in this? No, that's who's book? who. That's okay. who's who. <laughs> okay. National Merit Scholars. Um, I don't know. Did Charlie get that? I, uh, if he did, I, don't, I didn't know about it. Uh, What's the SAT? Well, that's the uh, college entrance exam. Yeah. So, so, so here, <clears throat> Rafti, the way it works here is uh, everyone who's a junior in high school takes a test called the SAT or the ACT is the other one. And um, it, it's both a combined uh, academic assessment test and kind of an IQ test. And those who score the highest kind of get their pick of going to the schools, they, the colleges and universities they want to go to. Um, they still have to compete, obviously, but it's a big deal. Now, there's a precursor to the SAT called the PSAT, which you typically take in your second year or sophomore year of high school. And <clears throat> it, it, it's supposed to help students kind of gauge their progress thus far and uh, point out areas where um, they're, they're, they need work in. But it's also used 
to determine awarding National Merit Scholar uh, credentials. National Merit Scholar program is those students who score, I think it's the top 10% or 5% of all PSAT scores across the country. And it comes with uh, monetary compensation. It comes with recognition. And it comes with the ability of that student to now be competitive for a bunch of other grants and scholarships that are predicated on you earning National Merit Scholarship criteria. The administrators at Thomas Jefferson Magnet High School in Fairfax, Virginia, did not tell their students who had qualified as National Merit Scholars for a number of years that they had attained the scholarship. Why? <laughs> to what end? <laughs> Would you like to guess why? <laughs> they keep the money? I was going to say, are they skimming, skimming the money off the top or something? Or nope. it, it, It's always money. No, you would think it's always money, right? You would yeah. think it's worse than that. It's it's ideology. <laughs> right. How okay. Yeah. Can you guess why the administrators said that they weren't informing them? Didn't tell the parents, didn't tell the students. No. No idea. Because they didn't want the other students who didn't earn national merit scholar credentials to feel bad about themselves. Okay, so we're back to the everybody gets a trophy, you know. Well, either everybody gets a trophy or, <laughs> nobody or no one gets, gets a trophy. A trophy. Yeah, yeah. If no one gets a trophy, then no one can complain. Correct. Oh, okay. Matt, how do you feel that... about that as a parent of a recent uh, high school graduate from a magnet school? <sighs> uh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> If my kid earns something, I want for him to all to have all the recognition and accolades that go along with that because it's it's not easy to do. And he put in time and effort to do it. And I, as the parent, probably drove him to whatever it was that he had to <laughs> had to had to be at to do the thing to get the the accolade. So I want some recognition too. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and of course, yeah. life. Life is not fair. I think this is a lesson that people sort of like need to learn as well. And like kids also. Yep. Not everybody is equal. Yeah. Some people, probably not those at Thomas Jefferson Magnet School for Science and Technology. Some people are really good at dunking basketballs. Mm -hmm. I will never be able to dunk a basketball. It is just physically impossible. Is this sad for me? Eh, not really, but if I liked basketball, I bet I'd be really sad about that. Mm. Um, you know, some people are not going to be National Merit Scholars because unlike Lake Wobegon, not everyone is above average. Not, you know, not all children <laughs> are above average. If everyone were above average, then the average would be changed to whatever that above average is. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. Yeah, It's math. It's science. And you would think of all the schools that could recognize this, it would be a school founded on the concept of, of uh, proliferating science and technology learning. Um, to me, that is beyond a bad choice of uh, pedagogical effort. That's fraud, that's deception. That's hamstringing kids 
who could have furthered their career. So as Matt said, these are kids that are competitive for MIT, for Cal Poly, for the Ivy League, not knowing that, not being able to put that on their application, not being able to reflect that is a major hindrance to their development and their career later in life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rafti, you had a question? Yeah, I wanted to ask, like you said, they're like, um, because they have this, they can apply for other grants as well, or like they get Correct. them. And like, they're like a couple of years behind now. Do, are, do they like have time for that? It, or is it, it all it would, No, it would be impossible. Many impossible. of the students, okay. it would be many of the students who had qualified as National Merit Scholars have since graduated the high school and gone on to college already. It, it's too late. That um, window closed. That window closed. Yeah. Yeah. I okay, know that's so crappy. It's are there so lawsuits? Crappy. Are there? I, I guess there are it's lawsuits. America. I guarantee you. it's 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 among it's among parents with high functioning children. I'm imagining lawsuits are you know already in full swing. Um, okay, when did the, this come the revelation, up? Revelation. The revelation yeah. was fairly recent. Um, okay, so I'm sure we'll be hearing about that more in the future. Now, <laughs> now, the sad part about the lawsuit, to be honest with you, even as much as I agree this is an egregious affront to reality and to the children and to the parents. I, I don't even see what the lawsuits are going to accomplish because all the lawsuit is going to do is sue the county. The school district is going to pay off those parents and those students, but that's money that comes from the Virginia taxpayers, the, the Fairfax County taxpayers. It doesn't really accomplish anything. It doesn't harm the people who did wrong, who were the administrators. The, if it came out of their pocket or if it came out of the teachers union fund, you know, retirement, that I'd understand, but it that's not a thing. Joey, yeah. Joey just joined us. You missed a, a a pretty fun parenting discussion, Joey, but uh, that's okay. You'll catch it when you listen to the show. Welcome back, though. He, he doesn't listen to the show. None okay. of us listen to the show. <laughs> I, my wife does. <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, we learned, yeah, we learned Rafti's uh, uh, son listens to it. His baby son listens to the show to go to sleep. That's a soporific. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, you know, as as all all of us here are, are highly competitive people, we can all see the benefits of of having, uh, you, you know, recognition for for uh, you know this type of stuff. And then Joey signed on, and I realized I I, I can't say that anymore. That we're all highly competitive people. Our, our average <laughs> just got lowered. I'm sorry, Joey. I couldn't resist. <laughs> Joey just came out of the trenches. We don't know. We don't even know. Joey, were you a National Merit Scholar finalist when, when you were in high school? <laughs> Far from it. Can you spell National Merit guide, Scholarship? I was the individual that the guidance counselor was like, come in and let's talk about future options, Mr. Police. <laughs> Have you looked into the custodial arts? <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, so you missed that little news uh, nugget, but the email of Lexington is much safer for it. That's okay. That's all right. Um, the next, the, the next news nugget uh, hits me a lot closer to home. Um, I, 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 Matt and I have already kind of discussed this out of band. Matt, what law did my state recently pass that is going to severely impact my use of the internet? Oh, Ben. The state of Louisiana has implemented a ban on uh, adult websites unless you have uh, authenticated yourself to the website as being of age to view the adult material. 
Uh, and it's applying to uh, websites that uh, have 30% or more adult material, adult content on it. So basically porn sites in the state of Louisiana now have to verify you through, you know, giving up your privacy and showing your uh, driver's license or whatever, however they do it. <laughs> so you can watch your your favorite adult entertainment. And, and and I just I know you were given a thumbnail overview, but I want to drill down on how you said what you said. And, and I want to explode it a bit. You said porn sites in Louisiana. It goes it goes further than that. Any porn site that has users in Louisiana. Right. Uh, so that's every porn site. Um, <laughs> now, now I, I, in the interest of information security and on behalf of the listenership, I've been running and conducting experiments <laughs> in order. Scientific method. Yeah. I, I need to do the research so that, you know, I can inform the listening audience and, and help them understand how the law is evolving and being enforced. Um, what do you all guess has been the effect? What, do you, what, before I give it away, what do you, what do you think happened? It's just blocked. Some Every... of them are just blocked. Yeah. Some of them are like, just blocked. Louisa and IP address. Yep. <laughs> What do you mean? What do you think happened? Are you talking about from a a project standpoint as far as why do we do this? What happened? No, no. What are the outcomes? Oh, 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 oh. One of the outcomes is some sites have blocked Louisiana IP addresses. Any 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 other ideas of what outcomes have occurred? Well, I'm sure that some of them, the big ones uh, that we all probably know the names of, uh, probably ask you for some sort of verification of your identity and your age. So then the question is, how does it verify <laughs> your driver's age? license? Okay. Driver's really? license. Yeah. And, and it's the big ones. It's the porn hubs and, and similar. Um, and they actually ask you to do a screen cap of you with your face next to your driver's license, and they'll delay access until they have an opportunity to get around to verifying you. I, and I haven't gone through the process. <laughs> because what's the actual effect here? What's the actual downstream effect? I'm sure the actual effect is it's just a speed bump because you turn on a VPN, you pretend like you're in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and you can get access to everything you want. Yeah, there, there's two courses of action here. Anyone who has a modicum of technological sophistication can get around this. The second downstream effect is the big providers are the ones who are affected, not the tertiary uh, providers because they don't really care about complying with Louisiana state law because they're never going to be prosecuted by Louisiana prosecutors. So Pornhub, who's kind of the market leader, is therefore feeling the impact of this disproportionately compared to everybody else. They're being punished for being the market leader. And um, they have a cost of compliance. And what it really does in terms of the ultimate downstream effect is Louisiana Louisianans without a modicum of technological sophistication. And you may be surprised to hear there are many of those. <laughs> those users will stop using Pornhub mm -hmm. because either they don't want to go through the hassle of providing identity verification or they don't want to go through the embarrassment and potential harnessing and harvesting of that data somewhere down the road 
that can link them and their porn viewing habits. So see. Pornhub is going to lose traffic. Rafti, go ahead and say it. Say it, Rafti. I see no, no, a couple of ideas here. I see a business opportunity for you, Ben. <laughs> you should you should start a VPN. I can see that, you know. It's so like a basic VPN. My whole issue with VPNs is that it's not designed for privacy, of course, but like those people don't care. And it's very easy to do. And if you only take VPN technology like Ben, I I think I think you can start another business. I, I Matt honestly will help you. I know Matt is looking for for something to invest in as well in that regard. <laughs> talk about unintentional consequences. I honestly don't know that if I started a seminar training Louisianans on how to avoid this, whether I could be charged could with obstruction be. of justice. I honestly mm. don't know. I have no mm. idea. Um, you know, realistically, the law is applied against the provider, not against the user theoretically, but I don't know what Louisiana would do. And Louisiana is pretty notorious for some pretty ugly, uh, unjudicious use of law enforcement. Let's put it that way. But you see another thing, like a, a different approach, how to, how you could fix this is, um, you could upload like your, your videos there. It's all, like, if we get it down to below 30%, that, see, and that, that was the, that was the next thing well. I was thinking of. There's already is, coding tutorials on Pornhub, as far as I can tell. Yep. Like, there's music videos. There, there's there's a music content. Yeah. There's, yes, a guy, there's a guy who teaches calculus yep. Yep. on Pornhub, and he just has uh, a woman fully dressed erasing the blackboard behind him as he's talking. And that's all she does. And that's it. That's, the, that's as close as you get to lascivious content. That guy's my hero. I think that's just awesome. And I see. So maybe, maybe if it's below thirty percent, that will work for for you as well. You know. And, just... and again, who would that affect? It would affect Pornhub. Now they'd have to inflate their content to the point where it was. Oh, and don't make me do math. It's not one hundred thirty percent. If you want the thirty, but but they'd have to add a multiplier of the content they already have, even though they know that that's not why people are coming there to watch it. They'd be carrying this sunk cost burden of that extra data for no purpose, for no reason. The other thing I don't like is what the hell do you define as adult content? C-SPAN should be marked as 100% adult content because there's no child who's ever going to look at C-SPAN intentionally. <laughs> and very few adults on top of that. And yeah, exactly. And only the most boring adults, the ones who can't find Pornhub on the internet. <laughs> now, the thing that really tweaks me about these unintended consequences, forget the fact that I don't believe that porn is some vile child uh, uh endangering thing on its very nature. I don't think porn corrupts kids just by existing. But but let's set that aside. Pornhub is legitimate. Pornhub it, it bends over backwards to be in compliance with all the rules and regulations because they have something to lose. They're an actual company with actual money and they 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 do well. In punishing them for their success, you're creating a model where all of their competitors who are less legitimate and less um, trustworthy are now going to be the preferred for Louisiana users. And that creates a situation where the very thing that makes porn risky, which is not having a, a trustworthy provider who vets porn that's made with consent, 
um, who vets porn that's only made with actors of age of majority, uh, you know, porn that is what we consider clean, legit, moral. Um, those other providers don't care. All they care about is are they getting clicks for their content? And so the law has what I think is a downstream effect that's harmful overall to society. Forget the original do it for the deity reason for the, the law. This frightens me. That That's the sort of thing I don't like. Yep. Uh, you saying all those things reminded me there was a movie that came out several years ago. I think it was called Sex Tape. It was a, an adult. It, it was a comedy, uh, like a rated R comedy. And it wasn't, uh, uh, I think it had like Seth Rogen in it or, or yeah. uh, some, some other big actors. And it was, it was, they it was lose a, their homemade sex tape and they have to go. Yeah. Find yeah. It. yeah. Right. Nobody, and, and, nobody understands the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's and, a quote. From it, it, on it, the ended line. Being, it ended up being uploaded to Pornhub. And I think they actually said the words Pornhub uh, in the movie. And of course the, the woman is just absolutely livid because she's like, what the heck? And, and so they end up coming up with this cockamamie scheme to break into Pornhub's data center and pull the hard drives out and all this kind of stuff. And they get caught. And the point of, the, of it all is the, the guy, Mr. Pornhub, the guy running Pornhub stops him and is like, all you had to do is ask, we would take it off. We don't, <laughs> we, we, we're not here to exploit you and do revenge porn and stuff like that. Just, he's like, we've got 3 million other videos up here. We don't care if, if yours is on here or not. Just ask us and we'll take it down. <laughs> Anyways. And I think, that's, I think that's highly realistic. Yeah, yeah. I 100% I, I believe that because, yeah, they, they have no need for, for putting up non-consensual, underage, anything lascivious, anything that's, that's uh, illegal on their site. Here's the surprise. There's enough porn that's legitimate that people want you to watch, you know, the, where the makers all participated in making it and they want you to you know, watch it, that if there's something up there you don't like that, that you think shouldn't be there, they'll scrub it instantly. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's troubling. That's, that's something that I found. So, yeah, so so there's actually a, a common thread with that and the National Merit Scholarship thing in that they're they're punishing the the high achiever in this one certain in industry and basically knocking them down to <laughs> the level it, evening the playing field, you know, resetting the average. I'm a giant literature nerd and one of my favorite all-time authors is Kurt Vonnegut. And he wrote a short story called Harrison Bergeron many many years ago. And the funny thing is he wrote it sarcastically mocking uh, hero tropes of other writers like Robert Heinlein. But it has become prophetic in its outcome, which is a society that purposefully hampers anyone with talent and capability in orders that the people without talent and capability feel better about themselves. Yep. And this is, these, I think both of these things are examples of Harrison Bergeron coming to full effect. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, final one. Now, uh, this isn't the feel-good news piece that, that's going to take us out of the doldrums from these uh, previous two. Have y'all heard? Okay, uh, no, let me couch this differently. A few episodes back, we did an ethics episode, and we and I posited the question: If the voyeur is illegally looking in people's homes late at night to lasciviously watch their um, adult activities, but he observes a murder and he reports the murder to authorities. Do we forgive him as voyeurism, which is illegal and unethical, because the greater good of dealing with the murderer is better? 
there's an outfit that is purely partisan politically and engages in muckraking and other questionable activities. And they do some undercover activity purposefully to advance their own agenda and to make their enemies look bad. This week, they released film footage of a Pfizer executive declaring that the company is purposefully mutating the COVID virus with gain of function capability in order to generate vaccines for later versions of COVID that may emerge. How do y'all feel about that? Okay, so let me re-summarize what you just said. They're, they're making new versions of COVID so they can make new vaccines, but they're not right. releasing the new versions of COVID out into the wild. Oh, right. oh no, we, no, right? no, because that would be, <laughs> that would never happen. If you have a bio <laughs> research lab, those things never get out of that. Um, uh, I mean, because on its face, that sounds like something that would be common among a lot of pharmaceutical companies and maybe Rocky illegal in the United that. States. Gain of research, gain, gain of gain function, function research is illegal in the United States. And it's illegal for United States companies to fund it outside of the United States. Okay, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, it's kind of a crime against humanity. You know, it's one of those few things where the precautionary principle kind of makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> because if you've never seen any Hollywood movie ever, the virus doesn't stay in the lab. The dinosaurs don't stay on the island. <laughs> Life finds a way, Matt. I, uh -huh. I, I I don't know if you're familiar with this. Malcolm, yeah, yeah, chaos yeah. theory. It, it's a thing, right? So I'm not I'm not surprised one bit by this. Now, if anyone thinks that the government is batting a thousand with telling us the truth, right? I I think that there's you know. Need need to need to dig a little deeper there. Just to but, just to just to touch on the government's own capabilities for containing this kind of shit. I recommend the book The Hot Zone about USAMRID and their release of the Ebola virus uh, twenty five years ago. Utterly terrifying and nonfiction. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, it begs the question, did, did this individual get quote unquote exposed and caught with this video or was this staged? Was okay. this propag so, propaganda? So, so let me add a couple of layers to this. The way that the video was captured is this outfit uh, called Project Veritas is matching with uh, certain placed people in organizations that Veritas wants to attack on dating sites and getting them to go on dates and with undercover cameras leading the conversation into certain areas where it gets the executive or the highly placed person to make these confessions about what's going on and then they broadcast the video. This was the circumstance in which the executive 
made those statements. He thought he was on a date. Okay, okay. So this wasn't an executive standing in front of a, a boardroom. No. We're on a no, stage. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It okay. looks like he's in a restaurant. Okay, yep. okay. Yep. So so it's just as likely then that he was just bragging for the sake of getting in the pants of the person that he was talking to. As Exactly as... his claim the next day. <laughs> exactly I, that's, his that's claim the next day. <laughs> now, now, I got to ask you. If you're on a date and you want to brag to get this person into bed, do you bring up a crime against humanity as a way to do that? Is is oh. is that the thing you think is going to be impressive? Are you like a James Bond villain all the fucking sudden? I've confessed to all kinds of things on a date because I would, <laughs> I would, I would tell you're you really thirsty, room. aren't you, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> You've been married too long. Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, I, 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 I certainly wouldn't dismiss it outright. I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, it's certainly within the realm of possibility that you stretch the, the truth. You exaggerate a little bit. You say some things that maybe aren't true. Now, characterizing it as a crime against humanity. Mm, I don't know. You're just saying so, words, man. You're just saying words. And also, of course, depending on how he said it, uh, you're you're distilling down to the facts. But how he could have you can watch the video. Have not, you can, yeah, yeah. You everybody could, but I have not watched it in advance. But how I might have would have portrayed it would be like I am saving the future. You know, for price. It was actually more about the profitability and corner. Oh, profitability. I'm making so much money. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Which of course is also like I don't know, <laughs> but so, I can see where where that like after, the point like after the executive made the claim that he was just trying to impress his date through a dubious James Bond villain approach, um, Project Veritas released the video of what happened after they confronted him on the date when they dropped the undercover ruse, and it shows him going absolutely batshit attacking. Uh, the producer and smashing one of the uh, tablets that the producer had locking the door of the restaurant, trying to prevent them to leave, trying to step in front of their vehicles, not the sort of reaction of, Oh, you know, I got caught bragging to my date. Um, again, context is everything and who the hell knows how everyone's going to react when faced with that situation. I've never quite been ambushed that way on a date been a while since i've dated but you know that's that's something that hasn't quite occurred so i don't honestly know could it have gone either way what would have been really nice is if pfizer would have come out with a statement saying we don't do that we've never done that and they haven't quite made that statement yet <laughs> sorry in <laughs> instead the executive's profile on linkedin has been scrubbed all mention of the executive working for Pfizer has been scrubbed. Google has suppressed all searches related to this executive. So I don't they know. Called in a professional team to uh, to handle the the, uh, <laughs> the clean. Yeah, they did the, the Pornhub sex tape treatment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so what is your problem with this situation, Ben? Are you are is your problem and the reason that you bring this up to us uh, to to the group of us? Is it because uh, this video was captured through lying and illicit manipulation to get this guy to say this, or the fact that the guy said this once he was manipulated and being being videotaped? I got two big problems with it. One, um, him saying that, 
uh, as an executive, assuming he was just bragging, that's a dumb shit thing to do. Uh, well, to be fair, to be fair, theoretically, he's the director of R and D at Pfizer for M and M. How do you say that? mRNA research. An executive of that level position should show a lot more discretion than yes, they yeah. did, even when trying to get into someone's pants. There's cheaper ways to do that. Um, the second thing I have a big problem with is the obfuscation of the situation itself. Uh, scrubbing it from the record and the fact that none of the mainstream media has made this at least a topic of discussion, that troubles me as well. Because even if there's a possibility that it may have been true that Pfizer is engaging in this activity, that's something that we as the public should know about. Even the allegations should be investigated. Would you would you also characterize it as maybe being a little bit uh, cowboyish or a little bit uh, uh, braggadocio if the leader of, of a country were to go on uh, in front of camera and say, uh, we have uh, made uh, Russia illegal and the bombing begins in five minutes? Because that happened. That did have Reagan did say that before yes. he thought the cameras were rolling. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and that was a little bit. Is there, a was... is there a possibility that the bombs were actually being dropped and should that be investigated? <laughs> if it's in the realm of possibility, then yes, we should investigate whether the bombs are being deployed. That is a serious thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was very serious. And the Russians took it seriously when he said it back in the 80s. As they should have. Um. As the people in Hawaii should have taken it seriously when they were falsely told that missiles were incoming and they had a half hour to live. Uh, yeah. That happened a year and a half ago. Uh, well, um, uh, more than that, that was during the Trump years. But yes, that that's something that no one's ever been been able to give a really good explanation on. No, and and that is somewhat. And, and I don't remember anyone getting fired or going to jail for that because that's a pretty big one right there. Um, <laughs> Mistakes can be made, absolutely. And if this individual was making a mistake and shooting his mouth off, by all means, let's let's find that out. On the flip side, that allegation itself by an employee, a director of that firm, is enough in my consideration in a highly regulated industry such as pharmaceuticals when dealing with deadly strains of virus to go and do another check of the lab. That's what we have an FDA for, isn't it? <laughs> But, like, do you think that scrubbing every, like, bit and every information is, like, telling you that they did not check the lab? Oh, no, like, no, no. No, that's not that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is okay. scrubbing the information is to reduce the conversation. Exactly. If yeah. there's an investigation, that, that is a separate issue from whether okay. or not the, the conversation so should take place. Okay, and you want the conversation to take place or the investigation to take place? Both. <laughs> I, I think that the conversation not taking place is a choice. Like, and of course, it's interesting, but you know, like I'm, th I'm sometimes sitting there thinking about what could happen, like what catastrophe could loom, like in the future. You know, what what sort of allegations will I have to be like confronted with and like deal with and stuff like that? And I have taken precautions. I've I've been very like all of a sudden very like honest and like talking about like that's what we call uh, the chilling effect uh, and the uh, reason 
Yeah. And the reason you're chilled in your behavior and speech is because you don't have the wherewithal that a Pfizer would. <laughs> and that is, that's a disproportionate effect in the world. Pfizer should not have more rights or power than you, Rafti, as an individual. Well, you're Australian, you don't have any rights. But, but the rest of us who are Americans, we should have the same amount of rights as an American corporation. The, Pfizer should not escape scrutiny or rumor or innuendo or accusation the same way that any one of us should be canceled or censored or what have you for something that we say in the public sphere. But of course, like you're talking about me being like chilled, but like the, the situation is I also have people under me like already. And if some of them says something like that, and this is the situation, it, it was not the CEO, it was not a, one of the, the investors or the owner, whatever it was, it was an executive. And I agree. And maybe that that's the lesson that should be taken here. Like that you're like executive people better, but it's like, where do you stop? When you step you... into a leadership role, you are accepting responsibility and accountability for the behavior of your subordinates. It's why in the military, if the airman fucks up, the general is supposed to be cashiered. That's the way it's supposed to work. Not because every airman is expected to be a paragon of virtue and, and intelligence, but because the general is supposed to set the tone for the training and um, discipline of the troops under the general. That's, that's how it's supposed to go. And do you think like a company currently, like with our current landscape of how people want to work, would like you could do this? You could no, run they, it, like they, the military. They burn the junior flunky, they throw them under the bus, and instead the you know, the executives get to skate. You know, the closest we ever came was Jeff Skilling, you know, and hopefully SBF will go down that road too. Yeah. But I think that was his actions, not his subordinates' actions. Um but yes, but that's but and that's Thanos, separate. of course. What's that? Thanos with uh yes oh, Theranos, with, yeah. uh, Liz Lizzie Theranos. yeah Theranos. Holmes yeah <laughs> yeah so so but I, I'm just like saying like I think it's it's harder like with the military I understand um like that discipline is such an important part and I agree like the practice of like just ditching somebody very low and saying well they were the ones doing the type or like with the AWS thing you know like where half of the internet went down for for a day or so um or like with Facebook when they locked themselves out I, of course like let it's, me, let it's say, like easy let me say to do. that accidents happen and human beings yeah. are human beings and people say stupid shit on dates all the time I'm totally with you 100 <laughs> percent we also did a previous episode about the difference between Perrier's reaction to their accusations and Tylenol's reaction to people dying from their product. What Pfizer could have done that day, as soon as the information was released, is say, we're opening our doors to the public, we're inviting every aspect of me, including Project Veritas, bring your cameras, come on in, and bring your scientists. It's a great idea. And we're going through all of our books and we're going to let you look through our labs because we are a health pharmaceutical industry. We have nothing to hide except our patents. You can take pictures of everything as long as we have intellectual property protections. Come on in. We'd love to show you what we do. That would have, that would have deflated this entire bubble and I never would have brought this up on the podcast. Mm. scrubbing it afterwards even if that is done with the best of intentions for the same result we did nothing wrong this guy was an asshole that's possible but it gives the impression it leaves the aura of impropriety 
you you circle the wagons and shut the doors when you're afraid that you did something wrong. You you don't do that when you when you feel completely defensible. And and I understand. And I think I take this with me and maybe for the future. This is this is the plan that I will keep in the drawer. But I'm just saying maybe they just had this plan in the drawer because it's multi-purpose. They don't have to think about is it is it a virus getting out or is it somebody bragging about a virus being developed or is it see there are so many different things and maybe they that's have a just one their... they have one yeah. tool they got a hammer and yeah. everything looks like a nail okay I, exactly. I get that it's still a dumb plan it, and, it, and, it, yeah and transparency would disinfect this so quickly you know I don't know Joey. Joey, you're the closest to a tinfoil uh, compatriot that I have. Uh, would you be satisfied if Pfizer opened their doors wide and invited everybody in to look? Look, perception is everything, right? And if they said, like you you were talking about, let's open the doors, bring everybody, Veritas, come in. I think that is the absolute best thing they could have done. But by firing the executive, the LinkedIn profile is gone. Anything about the executive is scrubbed from Google. It seems like they're they're cleaning up any kind of trace for this, which all that does is raise suspicions in my book. Yeah, they should have on day one. The PR person should have said, we have nothing to hide. Come on in. And let's let's say they're completely innocent. Let's say it's all untrue. I'm totally that that's definitely a possibility and probability, honestly. What they did foments conspiracy theories. They've yeah. now, they've tended the soil, they've watered it. You know, by doing what they did, they shot themselves in the foot, I think. Well, but the nature of crisis management in this day and age has always been, and, and probably for the last 15, 20 years. I mean, you mentioned Tylenol. Well, the Tylenol thing was in, in the 80s. Uh, since 2010, 2015, something like that. Crisis management has always been bar the doors, zip everybody's mouths shut, scrub all the internet, and 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 it will and go. And how's away. that working for public trust of our authoritative institutions? Well, it's terrible. But it's terrible right it, now. Media has the journalism has the lowest ranking of public trust it has ever had since we've started recording that metric. Yep. Government, military, everything is being found untrustworthy. I don't think yep. that's good for society as a whole. I, Not that I, I, I agree. We should trust our government, but I, I honestly believe the fact that we have a low trust society puts us closer to a third world country. And that's not good. I don't want to live in the dark ages. But it's also largely driven by the news cycle because these crisis management teams know that if you can weather the first 24 to 48 hours of a crisis like this would be considered, then it, it, it gets swept under the, the rug, not because of scrubbing the internet or bad journalism or anything like that. It just, it just cycles out of the news just naturally because it, it's not continuing to be a thing. I'm not so sure that's ever gonna be the case um, in perpetuity because what Rafti I think was obliquely referring to is you can get called up for something you posted on Twitter 12 years ago sure. and you could be yeah. canceled tomorrow. And so yeah. there's an age to these things. And when you let them fester, and and boil over it can end up burning you somewhere down the road maybe you survive this news cycle but when somebody scoops this out of the rubbish bin and takes it for conspiracy theory to something more serious that can burn you later sure it can if they actually did something wrong and and so the investigation even if the cover-up was wrong 
even even if the cover up was wrong, but what they did was right, the cover up can still burn you. Yeah. Mm. Ask Richard Nixon that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just I'm just like because you brought up cancel can, being canceled as well. I think this tendency to sort of like overreact as well. Um, I think this is also why stuff gets shut down as quickly as possible. I, I, I just say, I understand why they did it. I like your approach, uh, and I think that's uh, that's a good approach, but it's not suitable for every situation. And so if you only can do one playbook, I think this one is not the worst call they could have done, you know? No, probably not the worst. But on the other hand, if they're paying a communications team or some PR firm, tens of millions of dollars a year, which I'm imagining they do as a major global corporation, um, they should be able to make those decisions on a case-by-case -case basis. You don't just have a hammer in your toolbox. You should I'm... have a wide variety. These people went to college to learn communications. <laughs> and I agree. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. It's just, I'm just saying I, I sort of understand their side as well. I, I don't want to condemn them. That's what I don't I'm want saying. To condemn but them I, anyway, but just, I that's all is good. No, I understand I mean, that you do. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying I don't. <laughs> Truth to power. Truth to power. All right. Um, with that, anything else that we want to follow up? I want to congratulate congratulate Rafti again. That's huge. Next Thank year, you. number three. Uh, number one, hopefully. Number one. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fastest growing throughout 2023. Who knows? No, I, I actually don't know. Um, I think it's getting harder. We started off fairly low, of course, with the stars and like it's an, it's how fast you grow. And so I don't know if we can do number three again. Of course, it would be great. Every every um, year, every year you rank, it becomes harder to be the fastest growing because now you have the metric of everything you've earned behind you, right? Exactly. All right. So even if you drop to number 10, we're still going to be impressed, Rafti. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. I think crawling back to, to he'll come crawling back to wanting wanting his podcasting job after he quits us. <laughs> it's a job? I don't know. I haven't been getting paid for this. <laughs> Did you see that kid? That kid looks like he eats. You know, that's that's a you gotta continue yeah. to feed your child. Podcasting ain't gonna be the way you go. That's just not, it's not the route there. Joe, anything you wanted to share? I know you, you only came late to the party. No, sorry. Sorry for the delay. No, all's good. It was a great conversation today. Excellent. 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 Matt, uh, anything else uh, has the plug for me? I just wanted to plug, uh, want to practice one more time before we, we close out. So outstanding everybody go subscribe uh there are discount codes available for want to practice on securitized.com uh, also on wannabea, um, uh, com, And you know what? Why don't I put a discount code in the show notes? That way listeners can get 50% off. Let's give them 50% off. Want to practice. All right. Code. Until when? Pfizer. Like... <laughs> oh, I'd sell the Pfizer in a heartbeat. They got a lot more money than I do. No, I was going to say discount code Pfizer gain oh. of function. <laughs> <laughs> Pfizer 50. No, no, that's not the discount. <laughs> right. Sorry. Sorry, All I right. said Rafti. Yeah, Rafti, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Oh, no, till when it's valid. Just uh, curious. Oh, and, until it's not anymore. <laughs> okay, so be quick. Yeah. <laughs> Sign up. I'm, I'm going to put quick. it on. I'll put it on indefinite usage. And then if I don't feel like giving 50% off anymore, I'll cancel it. How's that? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, until next time, I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Snotty. I'm Rafael Fiedler. I'm Joey Police. 
Catch us again next week for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications. Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com, and that's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel Wannabeacissp. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to Ben at benmaliso.com. You may hear a shout-out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com. And listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience. <laughs>